to in partnership with Inside the Rink. Inside the Rink is your one-stop shop for all NHL news, insight, and analysis. You can follow them on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. I'll be your host, Clifton Ramey, and I'm with my co-host, Chase Buffia. How you been doing, my man? Really good, dude. A lot of hockey to talk about. Been a while since we talked, um, but things have been going great. Uh, Hockey's been going great. Hockey Work's been going great. Been NHL's been track, fun dude. to watch. A uh, lot to talk about, though. Big, heavy hockey, skill hockey. Uh, the NHL is is kind of off the charts right now. It's it's the most exciting I've seen in a long time, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, dude. So um, we could definitely jump into the Blackhawks. Uh, they've been one nine and one in their last eleven. Um, they were shut out against the Devils and the Islanders. Did you see that Jack Hughes goal? I just want. How do you feel about that Jack Hughes goal? I mean, it, I didn't like it that night being a Blackhawks fan at all. But he's looking like he could put up one hundred points, Chase. Yeah, I definitely kind of disrespected them a little bit in the beginning of the year. And I, uh, it was unintentional. I, uh, it's, it's, they're just shoving it right up it right now. So, um, but it's, it's fun to watch, man, that goal, that shift he had the entire shift. It, it shows why this kid's going to make a lot of money and he's going to score a lot of goals and he's probably going to break some records while doing it. It's Pure fun to be able to watch Wild Combination yeah. is what that shift. That shift reminded me a little bit of when Patrick Kane and Panarin played against the Islanders, I think the first year or maybe the second year. It's very early in the season that year, though, and they just dominate the shift, except Jack Hughes essentially did it all by himself. Uh, didn't need anybody else. Just one pass there, got it back, buried it. It was really tough to watch as a Blackhawks fan, but at the same exact time, it was absolutely incredible to see that goal. That's just a kid with a bunch of skill. It it proves w- what all the hype was about. And uh, the question was, can he do all this? And the answer is yes. So it's very exciting for them and their future. It's I'm excited to watch this kid for a long time. We're going to see a lot of cool stuff. And um, what about Kane? Kane hits uh, 1,200 points. That's very, very much uh, very likely that Luke Hughes is going to probably hit that number by the end of his career with Jack Hughes. Hughes, Sorry. Uh, There's too many of them. They're all so damn good. Kane, uh, 1,200 points against Rangers, right? Yeah. Uh, Kane got it. He just kind of got the puck up high, drifted towards the front of the net. He took a wrist shot that was tipped by Radish. And then it went in. Nice primary assist. He gets point one thousand two hundred. Just absolutely incredible. It's it's unbelievable. I don't feel like he got enough praise. I don't even think it was mentioned on the broadcast, which was a little bit disappointing. I was sitting there. I was watching the game after. I kind of had a feeling it came because somebody told me. And I was waiting for them to say it, and they just never brought it up on the broadcast, which is a little disappointing. And then it wasn't really talked about, but I feel like 
it's something that needs to be. I mean, he's tied for 49th with Dino Cicerelli in the NHL history for points. That's absolutely incredible. Oh, he, he deserves it. And uh, it's it's a it's a, a number that's very impressive. It's a number that he isn't going to hit another mark like that. Uh, I don't think. I mean, maybe he will. Right? How many more years do you think he has? I think, think he's Patrick Kane's going to keep climbing the NHL list. Do you I think, think he's he has thirteen? Uh, easily, I think he's got 13, 14, maybe even fifteen. He's not slowing down. I mean, his production's a little bit down this year. But yeah, you know me with stats. Clearly not. I don't. He's, look he's at got stats. three to five years. I say at really, really good production if he wants to. Um, that doesn't mean he's going to play that long because you never know. But he has the capability of playing really, really long into his career because he's he is a quicker guy, but he doesn't rely on speed. He's a very slows the game down, uses his head, kind of makes the game come to him and just finds the little soft areas and the ice and stuff. So he could play for a long time, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. Um, is he the best Blackhawk of all time? Because that's that's uh, original six. I mean, that's there's a, really, a lot of good players. That's a really good question. You got guys like Tony Esposito, Bobby Hall. They got Savard. All those guys are really good, but I think really you're looking at Stan Mikita as the top guy, and I would personally have to say Patrick Kane is the best Blackhawk of all time. I mean, he has everything, Chase. He is behind Mikita in points and everything, but Mikita played longer, so you have to let Kane brought him three cups. Career. Oh, yeah, brought him three cups. Patrick Kane has 434 goals, 766 assists. It's absolutely ridiculous. He's third all-time in playoff points with 52 goals and 80 assists. He's tied for the lead and game-winning goals in the playoffs. He's third all-time in NHL history for Stanley Cup playoff overtime goals. He's got a trophy case that is absolutely loaded, Chase. Just loaded. He's got a Calder from 2008. He's a nine-time All-Star. He's three-time first All-Star team, one-time second All-Star team. He's got the three Stanley Cup rings. He's got the Smart, the Art Ross, the Hart Trophy, Ted Lindsay. He's got everything. He has the clutch moments. He's got the Philly goal. If you didn't, if you want to check that out, go ahead and check out our Peter and Lavillette, the third interview from last week. His dad was the coach of the Flyers that year. He has an incredible memories from that day. But Patrick Kane scored that incredible goal. You have the LA heartbreaker to send them to the finals in 2013. You have the tying goal to tie the game up, and then Hosa comes out of the box versus Nashville. You have the overtime winner against the Blues where he just absolutely addresses the whole team, takes a shot, goes around the net, and gets his own rebound. He's got the unreal showtime goal where he gets his nickname. He does everything, Chase. This guy's by far the best Blackhawk of all time, hands down. He's done it all. He's been more successful. He's brought more cups. I know that's a team stat, but he's been the main factor on all those teams. He's absolutely unbelievable. Not only is he the best Blackhawk, Chase, he's the best American-born hockey player to ever lace up a pair of skates to play in that NHL. No Ab- doubt. Absolutely. Uh, and I would love to say that that was a complete Homer breakdown, but he deserves it. I mean, he's that good at the end of his career. You're, you're going to get those breakdowns of his career and, and well-deserved by him. He's done it all, man. He really has. So I'm excited to watch him in his, in his last few years. I think he's going to do some really cool things and 
hopefully hit some cool numbers. And hopefully stays in Chicago. The trade talks are going to start. And I like how he cleaned up, right? When he was young, he was very much on the party scene. I mean, dude, you tried being 18. And you've been a stud since you were. Yeah, but when you, no, no, it's not, right? And so when he goes away to, to junior, whatever route he went, right? He's a young kid and he's the stud there. They're partying their ass off and they're having fun doing it. And then you go to the NHL and you're winning and you're good and you're a big piece in the puzzle. You're a star there. Yeah, you're probably going to find some trouble. And I'm happy for him to get got it all cleaned up. Uh, you haven't heard anything about that um, in the recent past, right? So good on him. He's a family guy now, right? And just uh, just crushing it. Patrick Kane's unbelievable. He deserves all the praise in the world. But we'll go ahead and transition to Lucas Reichel gets his first taste of the NHL this year. Jonathan Taze goes out with the flu. The Hawks call him up from Rockford. They fly him from Rockford to New Jersey. Day of game. He gets in the lineup. He was negative one, but he looked really good. He showed his speed. He had a few bursts. He had the almost breakaway at the end of a shift where you could tell he was slow, but he still tried to take the puck to the net. And something that really stood out to me is he had really good puck control. He would get the puck on the boards and he'd be able to kind of make like a quick little like chip to himself or like yeah, smart skill move. play, smart Just skill quick, while like, managing the puck. Yeah, small areas, put it in a guy's triangle to open up some space, do stuff like that. Yep. The puck control showed that it translated. I was very happy. And then they turn around and send him right back down to the AHL the next night. So he was in because Taves was out. Yeah, they had top correct, six, so he played yeah. at top six minutes. How many minutes did he play? Do you know? Uh, it was like 13, 14. Yeah, good. good. That's that's the number he should be getting if he's coming up. And now Taze is back. Yeah. Okay, so it, we're going to get to this later with the right thing, but it it's him playing games. And if you haven't listened to the last uh, Spinning Chicklets, um, they went in on on uh, kids playing, and you got to play, and that's that's massive because they're they're young, right? They need to be playing. They need to be playing fourteen to to twenty minutes a night, and down there they're playing more, and um, it's good to have them playing those minutes. So for his development, they feel that's best. I can respect that. And how about Lucas Reichel showing that he can gut it out and he can do what it does? He comes up there, he gets like a couple bananas and power bars, and he didn't get his nap, and he was joking. Then he gets sent back down to Rockford, flies home with the Blackhawks that night, and then he's in the lineup the next day for Rockford, playing the Milwaukee Admirals. He and they're down one nothing after pretty much dominating all game. They have Asgroff and that the Admirals do. Hawks fans remember him because we were kind of eyeing him on the draft a few years ago. First round pick, absolute stud goaltending prospect. He's got the Rockford Ice Hogs all bogged down, can't get nothing to do. Lucas Reichel with five minutes left, takes a risker, goes off the glove, ties the game up. Awesome for Lucas Reichel. And then what does he do, Chase? He goes into overtime. And I don't even know how to explain this almost. He goes down really slow. Asgaroff gets, like, really aggressive, does, like, a fine poke tech almost. And Lucas Reichel just uses his soft hands, and it's, like, 
almost like Datsukian kind of like the little flip. Where he but flips it more... over his shoulder and the goalie came way out. But it was more of a wrist shot, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's something really these kids are doing now. And it's something that the more I've skated, the more I've found that you can deceive a goalie with it. And it's these curves on these sticks. You can close them, open them, pull your hands out uh, outside your body. You can put your hands deeper inside your body load the puck a little more behind the feet, load the puck in front of the feet. And it really changes the angle. You can change so many angles and that's what goalies are doing. Goalies are trying to box off, seal off that net and play their angle percentages. They've got that RVH. They go into, uh, into the science and what they like to do when the puck goes below the goal and all that fun stuff. But the, the art of goal scoring is deceiving the goalie. The art of goal scoring is doing something so that the goalie cannot stop the puck. And for goal scorers, they put themselves in more positions that they can manipulate that rather than me that would just go to the net front and pound home rebounds. Once they put a nice one on, that would tie the goalie up, but he got it. So it was a nice rebound and I'm just breaking sticks going home. But it's so cool to see. And for the non-hockey eye, people see that goal and they're like, yeah, he shot it top shelf. He goalie didn't stop it. But he really had to manipulate that angle and that release, and he did. And that release was very almost curveball-ish, but it, 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 it just – yeah. It just curveball, knuckleball. Like I, it was It was definitely a weird one. Like, he, it went top corner, and, like, it wasn't, like, really slow, but it also didn't yeah. have speed on it. It almost it had – it almost had, like uh, – like a uh, uh, kamikaze, almost like, almost like <laughs> you're got a kamikaze uh, angle that there. It's a like chip on the, on the green, you so know. Like, yeah, so you're, it, like you're in a exactly. bunker, and you're just chipping so out of the green, catches the air and and goes straight down. It was cool, very cool. So I do have a question for you, Chase. You being a coach, I mean, it's not the same thing. You're not they're nowhere near the same level. But just using your brain, do you think it's better for Lucas Reichel right now to be in the AHL and continue to dominate? Or with, and again, maybe Kyle Davidson knows more and maybe uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze have expressed they wanted to stay. Or maybe they've already expressed that they want to leave. Either way, we don't know that yet. Is it better for the Blackhawks to let Lucas Reichel play on a line with a Patrick Kane and a Jonathan Taze for a little bit? or just stay in the AHL, dominate, and then call them up at the end of the year. If, let's say, they do leave, they're not there. This lineup's just absolutely decimated. He has nobody to play with. Wouldn't it be better to bring him up now? How old is how old is Lucas Reichel? Uh, like 8, 19 to 20. He's, he's very young. He stays where he's at. He plays where he's going to get 20 minutes. Whatever he's getting down there, do you have that? Do you know what he gets a game in the A? Not off my head right now, but the Blackhawks yeah. said that they're going to bring him up, and once he's up, he's staying. So they've already implied like this year he's going to come up to the NHL. Yeah, he is. He's that good. There's so they. Why would you bring him up? Because you're NHL. developing an 18 year old player. Yeah, I don't better. Think, I don't think you're getting the question here though, Chase. You can bring him up to the NHL right now, where you have quality players. Or you bring him up at the end of the year after the trade deadline and those quality players are gone. You're playing him with absolutely nobody. He's going to not put up points. Wouldn't it be more They need him to that? fill those roles of being the guy. They need him playing right now where he is being the guy and he is 
being a man amongst plays and he's being able to pull off skill plays and he's being able to, to have a little more advantage over his opponents. So why not leave him develop? Again, the going to call him up is what they've essentially implied. They didn't 100% say it. But why even call him up then? If the because if you're going to call him up to a roster, he's not necessarily like a go like goal scorer. He's more of a playmaker, so he needs somebody to play with. And if everyone's gone, what is he going to do? He's not going to dominate the NHL his first year coming up and playing a full time and top six role. Like you got to. No, I don't think they expect him to dominate, but he's going to have the. You think Domi and Athanasio are here? I think they're gone. Okay. They're definitely gone. They're signed well, then, then it's it's the ultimate rebuild, and they're saying, "Hey, you're you're our guy. We want to we want to develop you. We want you to be our guy for the future, for the long haul. This is a long game, and this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. There is a longer game to this. You're 18 years old. You are going to be in the NHL. You are going to get your opportunity. Just Go with the progression right now. And it's what all kids should be doing at 17, 18, 16, 14. Play where you're going to be able to make those touches and and have those touches and have that ice time. Now, every once in a while to be pushed, you do need a year to to go up okay. and, but you're not, and you're not, be out you're of your comfort zone. You're not at any point here. So the question is, if you're going to call them up to the NHL, why would you call him up to the NHL later in the year when there's nobody here for him to play with when you can call him up now? Because that's he when he's going to get his NHL games. He doesn't need his NHL games right but now. What it, Chase, that doesn't help him. You're going to call him up and you're going to take, hey, we just spent all year building your confidence up and letting you dominate touches. Now we're going to put you on a team where even Patrick Kane's struggling to produce at his normal pace. So now we're going to put Lucas Reichel on there and we're going to take off three-fourths of the roster of all the skill players because they're going to trade anybody and everybody they can at the trade deadline. Yes, so when they do that, so you're when they do Lucas that. Reichel on a sinking ship. He's just going to sink. Yeah, it's no, sink that, and sink or that, swim. That, that's, that's what it is. That's stupid. And, that's and stupid. leave him in the AHL. Well, that's okay, so now. tell me this, Cliffy. Who else are you going to put there? Nobody. You call up so you put nobody not, there. You call up somebody that's not Lucas Reichel, Josiah Slavin, somebody that's not your top prospect. If you're not going to play your top prospect with top players, you're just going to hurt his development. You you're would rather him play with NHL players than AHL. Well, you're okay. That's your opinion. Stay in the, There's no point because it's total you're opinion. You're going to send him back down total to opinion. the AHL for the playoffs because Rockford will make the playoffs. So there's no point at the end of the year to even call him up then. Like, there's just no point. If, if I disagree. Kane is here. You're going to play him. He's going to put up zero points. His confidence is going to get shattered. He's going to no. look like he looked last year because they're going to have nobody to play him with. And then he's going to go back down to the minors. Well, you know him better than they do, right? Uh, dude, no, no. Absolutely. They you, know what they're doing. They're kind of the best. They're, they're the best in the world. They're in the best league in the world. They didn't get there by chance. They know what they're doing. Name the last player that the Blackhawks developed. And I mean, it's a brand new resume. Exactly. So they're actually maybe doing it correctly. I don't see how putting a guy on a sinking ship helps development at all. When you can leave him in the NHL. or swim. They're not letting him sink or swim right now. They're going to have him do it later. 
They're letting Seager swim. He's on the top line in the AHL trying to make a playoff run. He is the guy in the AHL. He's already sinking or swimming down there. He's the leader. He's the guy. Exactly. So let him be that guy. And then so what's there? Then no, because then he wants the test. When those guys leave, that kid says, if, I want to be that guy. I can do it. I'm Patrick, 18. I know I can do it. If Patrick Kane and Jonathan say, you're, Chase, you're going to call him up for 10 games that are pointless, 20 games at max. And then you're going to turn uh, around and go, okay, Lucas Michael. Go back to Rockford for the playoff run that now this that is that he's gonna want to be there for but, because but, he's so, got to stay there all year. Chase, so what makes no sense is if you call him up now, right? Rockford stays afloat, they make the playoffs. He gets like, let's say you let him play 15 games, you pick a number 15, 20 games, whatever it is. You let him play it, and then you go, Lucas, we're gonna send you back down. Right, trade deadlines approaching. You send him back down to the AHL, so that way he gets back into the rhythm of playing with them for the playoff push. You're getting the same amount of games in. He's getting to play with better players and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. He's getting to learn from Hall of Fame players, and he's still playing the same amount of NHL time. And he's not on a sinking, complete sinking ship. Like he has. I would rather. I would rather the way they're doing it than you're suggesting, personally. If it was my oh, team and my player, I would I would prefer my guy go get NHL games and come back. He'll get some games before playoffs. In my idea, he's, get getting, back with the he's boys. getting NHL games. He's getting the same amount of NHL games. He's just getting it at a different point in the season with better players in the lineup next to him. So that way he has a better chance. What do you think? A power play unit with Reese Johnson or and Lucas Reichel or a power play unit with Patrick Kane, Anthony Siu, Max Domi, and Jonathan Taze. What do you think he's going to be able to produce more and actually get confidence with? And then, I don't know. Maybe the one with Patrick Kane in the lineup. Okay, and then you want to send him down at the deadline. Because you're already going no, to No, no, no. That was a question. Yeah. Because you're if, if and like if Patrick Kane's staying and you know that, then you can keep your plan and play him at the end of the year because he has somebody to play with. If you're going to play him in a top six role, you have to play him with the top six player so that he can actually produce at a top six rate. I you hear, put him in a I top six you. role with – fourth line players it's a fourth line you know what i mean just because he's getting minutes they're gonna play a fourth line style because he's playing with fourth line players nah i, I mean i see both ways all right i see both yeah, ways. we're out of this all right there's no convincing you and anyway we'll swap right into the tank standings the blackhawks are 31st in whoa NHL. whoa yeah 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 okay we can do tank standings I guess. the tank standings chase blackhawks are 31st in the nhl with 18 points to 25 games anaheim is the only team better or better I mean, I guess in a way they are because Connor Bernard's on. Yeah, the for line. playing golf. But they are the worst team in the league with 17 points. Columbus is tied with the Blackhawks in Arizona at 18. San Jose is 21. Ottawa has 21. And that'll transition us into some NHL talk. But before we do that, make sure you check out ESPN Plus with Inside the Rink. You're going to use Inside the Rink dot com slash ESPN plus to sign up and know what game you're going to watch this week. You're going to watch the Buffalo at Pittsburgh game Saturday, December 10th at 7 p.m. Buffalo been electric to watch. They've been buzzing. They have players doing incredible things right now. They have been fantastic. Check out that game. That's Saturday, December 10th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Buffalo at Pittsburgh. Use inside the rink.com slash ESPN. Chase Tage freaking Thompson. Tage Thompson, five points, first period, five goals in one hockey game, one 60-minute setting, six points on the night. 
fantasy points going way up. Incredible to watch. More of this to come. Austin Matthews called it. Rasmus Dallin donkeying guys. The Buffalo Sabres are what I'm not surprised. Fun to watch. The Buffalo Sabres are absolutely buzzing. And what Tage Thompson did, Chase, is just... And big. all of them are goal scorers goals. Is is the incredible the part? They're goal. not. They're not. No garbage in all five. The first goal was like almost like an NHL twenty two. You get the quick little pass. You make a quick little shovel in front, and you just bury it. Unbelievable. Couple one timers. I think one of them. The announcer said he got it off at a hundred hundred miles an hour. Insanity. That little that little decal above the net doesn't bother people so much anymore. When they get to see the power play time on the ice in the middle when they're, and I love that. I think it looks great. I think they did it perfectly, but complaining at the beginning with the hundred mile an hour, it's cool to see when these guys get them off and the shock value at home is way up. Incredible. Insane. So I want to go into Tage Thompson a little bit, Chase. Is Tage Thompson the best power forward in the NHL? Is he changing the power forward position, Chase? He is fourth. In the NHL in points with 40. He's third in the NHL with goals. I mean, five goals in one game, not a big deal. We'll help you out a bunch. He had 21, only behind McDavid with 24 and Robertson with 23. Is this kid changing what a power forward is? And is he the best power forward in the game? You got guys like Brady Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, Tom Wilson, Evander Kane, Blake Wheeler, you guys have all those. Is he the best power forward in the game? I think he has an opportunity right now. Right now. Is he the best power forward in the game? Oh, the best. I don't know about the best because I, I think there's still one or two guys out there that I think are really good. But right now, yeah, at, at this date and time, yes. Last The other night helped a shit ton on that. But, yeah, I mean – Nobody else put up five in one in one game and had a first period of stat of like five minutes, four goals, one assist. Um, so yeah, at this exact moment, I guess he is because that's that's impressive the, and the good for him. He plays the game is like the way you drool over a player. He's so big and powerful and just dominates the game with his size and just he's able to like maneuver because he's he's got soft feet it's and they they're able to just yeah. rotate and roll and he opens his hips so well and he uses his edges and he's able to just position his body in front of you he's quick enough to beat you if he needs to he has you ready to take him to bed cliffy my goodness i'm gonna stroke this kid yeah. off because this kid is like the dream yeah he's he's the gonna dream he's forward. gonna continue to do stuff like this so it, it's and it's a Right now, everybody keeps saying it. It's a young league, and uh, the, these guys are incredible to watch. All these names we keep bringing up are young guys, and it's very cool. And the cool thing is the older guys are still doing stuff too. This league is is just on another level. And then to add to all that, you have guys still playing the man's game that hockey is meant to be and leveling guys and playing hard. You got Darlene Cronwald, some guy open ice uh, the other night, poor guy. Oh, poor guy. And, but you see that you see uh, Delorier's just ripping guys heads off and Truba hits 
and and he had a couple this week. Yeah, he got Holy a good shit. one. He, he got a. Oh my god! He fought two captains back to back, back to back nights, and Jonathan Taze and Brady. Um, but, but he's pissed, uh, man. But before we go to the hits, because we're gonna go there for a minute, I do want to just shout out Jeff Skinner. This guy's back. He's very streaky. He's up and down. He's been said that he has the worst contract in the NHL at times, but he's buzzing right now. 26 games played, 31 points, 12 goals. Shout out to Jeff Skinner. Just doesn't listen to it. Doesn't keeps all the adversity out. Of head that. down, he works his ass off. That's what that guy does. And it's fun to watch him because he's, sim- he's simple. Like They're back. But now we'll transition back to this hitting chase. Is yep. hitting back chase? It seems yes. these open ice hits. These crown wall hits, they're not like as often as Scott Stevens era. Not there yet, but they seem to be creeping up more. Fighting seems to be up, and it might and it, it seems to be relative to the hitting and just the fact that guys are a little bit more willing to hit open ice or take that step up. I love how the officials are officiating it too. They're letting it. And it's the NHL. If they would hear about it, if it was a problem. Let me chime in here real quick. To all those people that want to stop it and look at it frame by frame, if you can't watch it in live speed and make the determination that he hit the guy or didn't hit the guy in the head, it's a fair, clean hit. And that's why we you have to... can't be stopping and frame watching everything. Yes, that's why you have to love the human error aspect of it. And that is it. There is There is not a black and white all the time. There is some gray, and those guys are feeling out a game, but I love it. They've been letting it go, and you're seeing heavy hits and guys standing up for them, and it's it's gaining you more ice. And when you make that big hit, you now opened up ice for your teammates because they're starting there to look around, boys and they know where you're and you get the bench rolling and the building rolling if you're at home, especially. And even if you're not, it just starts going yep. everything. And and then the other team. It's up to them. Do they want to stand up and say, no, we're not taking a step backward. You want to take a step forward. We're taking one back. And uh, it's fun hockey. And it's why I fell in love with this game. It's it's as you heard Lavi last week, uh, a reason why he loves this game. That is when hockey is fun. And that is the man's game that it still is. So you can be all the skill you want in the world, but if you're not willing to throw them on the table and go in a corner that part of the game does still exist whether it's in your toolbox or not it's not up to us and by playing hard and gritty you don't always have to throw big hits but you just got to be willing to go to the areas go to the front of the net take the cross check tra- take the slash take the goalie dicking around with you. you that's the stuff you you got to fight through and battle through to score goals you gotta love it that's what you have to do if you want to win you and gotta you love want it. to score um, and speaking of scoring and streaks, Jason Robinson's streak ends at 18. Oh, my god, Facing goodness. off against Mitchell Marner, who extends his streak to 20, Chase. How do you feel if you're Jason Robertson and the Dallas Stars? And how do you feel if you're Mitchell Marner and the Toronto Man? So, have you checked out Jason Robinson's, like, 100-some, first 100-some games? He had McDavid numbers. Like he was very close. This kid is gonna be incredible. He wanted to keep that going. You, you know those two wanted difference. to keep it going. On, I agree. Age, no, no, no. I agree. I understand. But he came in the league to Robinson. I understand that. It's like saying Artemi Panarin. I understand that. I get it. 
still had great numbers. Nonetheless, don't oh, take it from the guy. And you know he did want to beat uh, uh, Mitch Marner. You know you wanted to beat him. You know you two you know were kind of look- yeah. You know you two were kind of looking over your shoulders, and you're like, "Listen, I don't really care what he's doing. I'm going to keep focused on me." But we're both on a heater right now. Who's going to get the last laugh? Because you know when we see each other next, it's going to be a good little chuckle. I've got ya. But incredible for both of them. Mitch Marner, it's nice to see him on a heater because early on, I don't think he was he was putting up crazy numbers. And, and uh, yeah, that's good for the fans. And it's the exact opposite for him that night. He got his point four minutes in, five minutes in on John Tavares' goal. And it was just easy sailing for him. And it, I don't want to say that it weighed on Dallas at all because I don't think so. I think they just ran into a good goalie. No, they, they didn't know. But you know guys on that team really wanted to, to keep They wanted him to get it, but like, they didn't know he scored. They're in a hockey They're in an NHL oh, hockey I, game, dude. They don't go in the locker room I and check their phones. I, I think they These guys aren't the new men's league and youth. We come in the locker room and get on our phones. How about, how about talk about the game? If, if you know what, I mean, they're 100% aware coming in. It's the first time ever those streaks. They're aware he scored during their own hockey game. It happened while they were on the ice. They're playing each other, you dunce. Oh. Well, yeah. Yeah. I well, clearly wasn't watching that game, but yeah. yeah. I was. I was clearly watching the game. They are 1,000% new. Mitchell Martin gave the pass right over to Johnny T. Well, scratch everything I just said. It's completely irrelevant. I'm, I'm clearly... Not up to date on that. I wasn't watching that as close as I thought I was. Uh, yeah, yeah, he knew. I don't think it weighed on the team. The team probably rallied and said, "Boys, let's fucking roll here. Let's get this guy one. This is a long hockey game. There's plenty of time." I almost wonder. Plenty though, of time. If they tried to force it a little too much, I mean, it didn't look like it too much to me, but they did look a little flustered. But again. By Fluster, they had 44 shots and couldn't get one goal passed because of an absolutely unbelievable goaltending performance, realistically. So I don't think it really played a Oh, I did see a highlight save from that guy. Didn't he have didn't he have a crazy Yeah, he was absolutely unbelievable in the night. Matt Murray was just fantastic. And he to speak on that, they're kind of making it look like they made the right moves in that. Absolutely. He can well, do it, man. We're going to touch on the Samson off later, but I, I do want to give a little love to Matt Murray. Yeah. in the net. He's been great. Questions answered. So we're going to transfer to another team that's had a bunch of questions. Uh, Seattle is second in the Pacific behind Vegas. Shane Wright gets his stint in the AHL because he got the injury. Comes up. Gets to play the Montreal Canadiens, and of course, what happens, Chase? He shoves it up their cornhole. Good for the kid. Yes. Uh, That's unbelievable. Stares him down at the draft, scores his first goal. This kid's going to be coming after Montreal his whole career. And I love it. He's going to end up going to World Juniors because they've already kind of said he's going to join uh, Canada, and then he's probably going to go to Juniors after that. And so that'll take a little bit of like it's best the, case. It's best case I, Ontario with those guys. I think it's really good for. I think it sucks because Shane Wright's too good for juniors, and he should be in the AHL, in my opinion. And that's where he could actually grow. I don't think this like helps Shane Wright, but it's obviously not ready for the NHL. And Seattle is clearly in a spot, which brings me to my next question, Chase. If they clearly think they're playoff bound with the way they're handling Shane Wright, are they playoff bound being second? in the Pacific division behind Vegas and they're playing really good. 
is this sustainable? Do they stay? Do they land up making the playoffs? What do you think? Watching them play, I, I got to watch a game or two of theirs and watching them, I can see them getting in. Uh, Berniers, Ber- Berniers, he's looked incredible. I can see them staying in. So uh, probably a wild card. They're probably going to drop, but yeah. I really think uh, they could do it. See, I, I think that's where the problem is. I don't think that they're going to win a wild card spot. I think that if you look at the Western Conference, you have teams like Colorado outside of the playoffs, Nashville's outside of the playoffs, the St. Louis Blues, even the Vancouver Canucks. I don't think the Blues figure it out. I think that you're going to see. I'm swapping my opinion on those two teams. I know we did it uh, at I the think... beginning. Seattle is going to have to stay in the top three. I think that they're capable of doing it. I obvious, I don't think obviously. I think that the Kings are going to be the team to fall out. I think Edmonton will slide up into that spot. I think Calgary and um, probably Minnesota, Nashville, and Seattle will be fighting it out for that last wild card spot. Because I think Colorado ultimately jumps up and takes one of the three central division spots. But I do think Seattle is going to be in the battle. But it's it's going to come down to that last spot, I think. And No doubt. How about, interesting. But how about the fucking Vegas Knights right now? There's a Did, wagon. Oh, there. man. I, I don't. New coach does a lot. Man, I definitely didn't see it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's turned it on. He's looked good. Huh? Yeah. He's, ex- he's, he's excited to have a full year. For sure. Speaking of teams though, that are really, really, really surprising, Chase, and it's a team that I know you love the head coach of, how about the Detroit Red Wings? They are third in the Pacific ahead of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. And if you, I would have told you that coming into the year, you would have said I was lying to you. Is Detroit sustainable or are they another team like Seattle that's going to come back down to earth a little bit? No, they're, I think they're sustainable because they're having fun and they're working hard. And they know they're kind of the dark horse. Nobody expects much from them. So let's just do our thing. Let's work our ass off. Lonnie came into Tampa, uh, had a couple of the boys mispractice to go see that. It was a special night for the Lalons. And uh, he said he had a great night. Obviously, they got the dub. Uh, you know money went on the board that night, right? I mean, you're oh, coming yeah, home. It's definitely. like, guys, got some cups here. Uh, I'd just let's do this. And you know, the whole locker room's like do it for newsy. Right. So good on him. The boys got it done. What a special night for that family. I'm so happy for them. And uh, I was texting him the other day. I, he, they're, they're going to keep rolling. So uh, uh, yeah, I, they're I know fun right now. They're coach. having fun. No, yeah, they're having fun. I, that know, I know you like them, but I, I, I just can't help to sit here and I'm looking at the standings and you got Boston, just the wagon, best team in the NHL yeah. right now, 21, three and one. Making the playoffs, probably easily winning this division. They they may already have it locked up. I'm just kidding. Because the Toronto Maple Leafs aren't far behind them because they've been absolutely yep. fantastic. Yep. And then you have the Detroit Red Wings coming in at third. And then you have a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they're tied with points. And the record is almost the same. But I'm pretty sure Detroit has more regulation plus overtime wins, which gives him the advantage in the tiebreaker. And I just don't see Detroit staying ahead of Tampa. So once Tampa jumps Detroit, that puts them in the second wildcard spot already behind the Islanders. And then that leaves teams like the New York Rangers, the Florida Panthers, the Washington Capitals, all out of a playoff spot. 
and I just don't think that they're gonna miss. Like I, I don't yeah. see the New York Rangers missing. And yeah, I don't I don't see Tampa missing. So I just it's gonna be very interesting and very fun to watch at the end of the year because you're gonna see who has the nails and, and who's got the horses. It is gonna be fun to watch. I just I really hope they find a way to do it clearly biased, but uh do I think they're gonna do it for some crazy reason? I do. Uh it's just really, really tough, Chase. I mean, no, I agree. Those teams that are out, veteran, I like them too. They're really yeah. veteran teams out of the Rangers, the Panthers. I mean, the Panthers are somewhat young now with the moves. And the Washington Capitals. And speaking of the Washington And the Capitals, issue is they're all tied with points, right? Yeah. So it's like they're they're it's gonna be close. It's gonna be yeah. close. And speaking of the Capitals, Chase, you did did they mess up when they let Vanek? And Sam Snuff leave. I mean, Vanek is only 26 yes. years old, playing for the Devils. Got a 9-2 save percentage, 2-1 goals against. Samson Austin, Toronto, 25 years old, 9-2-4, 2-0-9 goals against. And then you got the Capitals with Darcy Kemper, 9-1-6. Not bad, 2-5-6 goals against. But he's 32 years old in a history of injuries. And you have Lindgren behind him. And Lindgren's nothing more than a okay backup. So, um. When you're you're looking at that, I just think that Washington would much rather have one and or both of those goalies over Kemper. And if they did, maybe they're already in a playoff spot, Chase. It's that's a tough one to give up two young Yeah, one hundred percent. Giving up two good young goalies. They they have to have a long game plan. So I'm sure they know they got something up their sleeve. But if they don't have something up their sleeve, yeah, this is a little troubling. You would have liked to see one of those guys stay. Yeah, we're going to find out. They're they're going to want to figure that out. Having the, the goaltender is a big deal, and it's the question mark we had with a lot of these teams in the beginning of the year. They have guys who we know can do it. The Matt Murrays, the Jordan, Jordan Binningtons, guys like that. That guy can do it, Chase. Correct. So that, exactly. So that brings me into my next point of Jordan Binnington gets called out by Berube about just stop the puck. But before you jump into what Berube said, we we got to tell the fans what this clown has been doing. And I, I mean, he's, and I don't mean Jordan Vance. He's actually a clown. I'm, I'm not going to. antics on the ice right now, they're clownish. He's the over here he trying to, to, like, lay his shoulder in Jordan Stahl. Are you kidding me? That guy's. Nasty. Yeah, that's a, that's a heavy dude, too. So good luck. Absolutely clobbered by Stahl. And then he turns around like a game later and like reaches around and punches, not punches, but like puck, pokes Zucker in the eye and Zucker goes flying into the boards. Stop a puck. Yeah. And, and so that's what Brube said, right? Like stop a puck enough is right. He kind of made it public of like enough is enough. Just stop the puck back then. And it's what I tell kind of my goalies all the time. And my theory, I don't really tell my goalies this, but it's kind of my theory of, you're a goalie. You have your goalie coach. Your job is to stop the puck. You know your job. I know your job. Everyone knows your job. I don't care if you come in with a Big Mac and McDoubles and Snickers and you don't and you go out just for a light stretch and you show up and you play nails. But when you're not stopping the puck, that's when I'm going to peek my head in and say something. And don't get me wrong. I will be watching. I will be noting. And if you're doing that, 
it's going in my notes for when you stop performing, this could be a problem. And it is right now. And when he was playing good and helping them win a cup and he had this swag and this kind of fuck you mentality, it was okay. Cause you're stopping pucks. You're doing your job. You're winning me games and you're giving me a chance to win more importantly. Um, but now you're not and your antics are hurting us and not helping us and you're not stopping pucks on top of that can we please just tone it down for a little get back to your dominant self and then do whatever the hell you want but show me that you can do this for a while because right now you're not our guy i think jordan benson needs to put all his antics away i think it's clownish i think your goal you should be poking people in the eye and you shouldn't be trying to hit people like I'm okay with him like being a little rough in front of the net and like being aggressive with his stick and his blocker but doing that stuff is just not necessary he's really stepping like he's towing he, on the other side of the line the right yeah now. he's over the line he's over the line you're right and up until like recently right. I would have said that he's pretty good at really watching just the line alerts with it and but this and last softens her up yeah a couple of weeks he's been over it and he needs to get real back in and you want to know somebody who's not being clown and being an idiot on the ice is one Connor Bedard. Yeah. Superstar future Blackhawk Connor Bedard is absolutely everything advertised Flippy, and more. Have you looked at his last 28 games, man? 27 oh, goals, 37 assists, 64 points. But you know what's funny? Not his last deal. game, in his last game, he had. A goal and three assists, so a quick four-point boost. Him and Tage Thompson laughing to the fantasy point factory. About the kids even got some grit in him. 36 penalty minutes. He's I love that. Saw how many he had all of last season. And it goes, like 46 or something. It goes back to old-school hockey, though, Cliffy, and what this game is about and the toughness of it, and that part is not changing. And back in the day, not that it's that way anymore, but back in the day, you had guys who they told, you need to go get – 150 you need to go get 200 penalty minutes if you don't have 200 penalty minutes you have no chance to make the league what the hell do you think i'd be doing so this kid's showing them without having to say it that hey i still get my nose dirty i still go for pucks because if you're playing hard you're going to take penalties you should toe that line you should know that line and every once in a while you compete so hard that you get tied up with a guy you take a trip you take a slash you're over competing and that's not a bad thing. I will take competing penalties all day, and it's nice to see that this kid has that grit, that shit to his game. And I'm excited of, to see him in the in the of and shit, Chase. You showed me this video right before of this oh USA Canada sled hockey. Oh so I don't We're know. Going at it. I want to make sure I get this proper, Cliffy. I don't know if they call it sledge hockey, but what I saw. Online, the article had it as sledge hockey. Um, I don't know if it was TSN. I shouldn't fake uh, cite someone. So classic English. Um, they had an absolute brawl. So this guy sledding in from skating in from uh, from the neutral zone, and the defenseman's kind of back, like reloading on the the Canadian forward, and he clips him, and it's a penalty. The ref's arm goes up. Well. They do what any hockey player would do. Their guy just got clipped. And I'm not sure if he was hurt, but it was ugly. And if you haven't watched these sled hockey games, these guys are in an L-shaped sled, basically, because their their sled goes out where their feet sit, and then their back goes up uh, in a chair 
in a chair. So they, when they get hit, they skate right at each other, parallel to each other. They lean over and they go shoulder to shoulder, chest. Uh, uh, yeah, shoulder to shoulder. They kind of lean in or shoulder to chest. And I got the pleasure to skate with some of these guys one time. And a few Olympians were out. Declan Farmer, absolute legend of uh, USA sled hockey. Um, he was out and and we got to skate with these guys. And we saw two Olympians go at each other and we're out there sledding around like beginners, total beginners on blades that are like four inches apart instead of a half an inch, two inches. And and these two guys, they go at each other and just leveled each other. I'm like, holy shit. So these guys, there was a clip and dude, it was total melee. Guys are just grabbing guys. They're grabbing guys by the sled. They're doing everything they can to grab a guy and rip them toward them. I just elbowed the back of my chair and gave myself a dead arm out, but they rip them and they just start pounding each other. And guys are in headlocks and they're throwing punches over refs and refs are down on their knee trying to separate guys. And boys are just sticks are flying and bodies and sleds are flying. It's freaking awesome. So I had to shout them out. They had a hundred PIMS in that period. If you ever get a chance to go watch us and Canada play sled hockey against each other, it's like any other game, shut it. It's like any other uh, uh, hockey game, USA versus Canada. It's incredible to watch. And um, what an exciting game for the people in those stands, man. Unreal, go look that up. Absolutely electric. Sorry about the cute little pug, Kaner in the Tomato, background. It's barking. a pug. Absolutely adorable. Cutest dog on the planet, no doubt. I'll put him out on the Twitter. Um, but that'll do it for the show. Thank you all for listening to Cue the Dagger. And later, people. Have a great week. Show some love.